Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. It is week two of broadcasting from home. We have we have made it through two weeks, everybody. We can do this, staying home, uh, doing the right thing to make sure that we uh, we flatten this curve and we get out of this uh, this pandemic as soon as we can. I hope everyone out there is staying safe and staying healthy. Like I said, we, we're doing what we got to do. Mike, you and I, we've been uh, changing our schedules up a little bit. We've been doing some different types of content we'll talk about, but how are you holding up? Holding up well. I mean, as, as, as well as we can. You know, eventually, you know, like most of us, we're starting to get into a little bit of a routine, you know, and that's like as, you know, wife's job ends here and my job ends here and I'll pick up the kids here and then at four o'clock we'll go out and we'll go for our walk and five o'clock we'll do that. So it's it's starting to become a routine. But, you know, I had a joke with uh, with my wife. I was like, as soon as it's over, we're going out to dinner every single night. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're going everywhere that we've ever been to. And, and I'm, I got to believe a lot of people are feeling the same. It's, it's like, you know, imagine if they just went into a prison and just said, uh, all right, all right, you're all free. Go. Right. You know, it would just be a mad rush. So I, I, I'm waiting for that day along with everyone else in the world. For sure. And I've been keeping up with it a little bit in the podcast Facebook group and just kind of following along as, as more and more of you out there are kind of starting to experience lockdowns and things like that. Obviously here in New York and New Jersey, we've been struggling with it for, like I said, a solid two weeks now. Um, I saw a lot of people rushing to get some rounds in. Uh, and then as we're seeing now, more and more golf courses are closing, which is understandable because um, we have a, a local course here, a private club. And, you know, some of the members were saying, like, can't we just go out there and just walk and just do our own thing? But they brought up a good point in that at some point they're going to have to bring the maintenance crew in and they're trying to, you know, avoid that so that these guys don't have to be exposed to anything. So. There's a lot that goes into these decisions. I, I'm sure a lot of these golf courses are not taking the decision lightly whether to open or close, but I do appreciate mm -hmm. everyone who's been in the Facebook group, everyone who's been kind of sharing your experiences and letting us know what it's like in your part of the world, whether your courses are open, closed. I think even if you're open, no matter where you are, there are some serious restrictions on what you can do. We went over some of those in last week's episode, um, but look, it's life right now. And like we said, I think the more we all work together to, to get through this and do the right thing and distancing and trying to stay healthy and all that stuff, the quicker we'll move through it. And uh, obviously, yeah, my, my thoughts and everything go out to the people who are really struggling with it. I mean, it's been a great thing for me, at least for perspective, just a little bit of struggling to make sure that we've got like things like basic groceries and stuff. Right, I'm able to right. do it. It's not easy. You know, it take, requires a little bit of waiting in lines and things like that. But man, does it give you perspective for the people who struggle like that with that all the time? You know, yeah, people sure. in, in areas where the, there's, whether, whether it be war or whatever was going on and these people who are trying to feed their kids and stuff and you, it just gives you a taste of it and it just gives you so much more of a perspective and respect for it. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. I mean, this is one of those black swan events, you know, this is a depression type of an event. So yeah, for sure, I, I love it. I love how we're all coming together and, and it's cool seeing it on Instagram and the whole stay at home tags and people doing their parts and promoting yes. it 
and it, it's great. It's great. A lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff. People are doing challenges at home. And, yep. and look, what we've said is what we feel like, if nothing else, our role is here is to keep the content coming. And if nothing else, provide a little bit of a distraction. We're all still golfers. We're still finding ways to play and enjoy the game. And that's what we're going to talk about. So today, we're actually going to talk about a topic that is uh, it's really good, you know, from a timely fashion. We're going to talk about a, it's also a question that we get often. And it's practicing on real turf versus practicing on artificial turf, a mat. What are the difference? What are the differences? Um, does one benefit your game versus the other? Are there a, you know changes or adaptations that you should make when you're practicing on a mat versus outdoors? So we're going to dive into that. That's going to be something we've got some interesting topics because I know a lot of you, um, if you're fortunate enough, you may have a mat and a net at home and might be just taking cuts at home while all these driving ranges are closed. So it'll be good to to understand. We'll talk about it from a performance standpoint. We'll, we'll talk about it from a an injury standpoint, avoiding injury. So there's some good stuff to know in here, and I'm excited to dive in. And always just going to invite everybody to share your own tips and experiences on this in the comments or in the Facebook group or tweet at us, whatever. Let's keep the conversation going uh, and you know, sharing that information. Yeah, and you know, I want. And speaking of that, you know, and as as we're talking about, you know, tips and things to kind of get through these times, I just wanted to give another shout out to. And, and now, Frank, he, he has his own email signature as the Golficity Team Physician, yes. uh, Doctor Will Selman, who, you know, a great fan of the show, a great guy. I know you've talked to him at length recently about your back issues and 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 other things, and. He, he, he sent this long email just thanking us for the continued content, and I wanted to share his tips because he's a physician and says, you know, anyway, for you and family and the listeners, suggestions right now, probably obvious but legit. And number one, he, he talks about sleep. Sleep as best as you can. It matters the most for your immune system. And, you know, we may not think about that. We may be so stressed out, staying up late, trying to watch movies because we take our minds off it and going to bed at one in the morning. He talks about sleep. He talks about staying hydrated, staying active. Active, you know, do yoga in the basement, you know, I mean, do anything. I mean, all of these, these workout programs like P90X and Beachbody, they're offering free programs right now. I mean, you could go on YouTube and get lost in the wormhole of, of fitness and you could just do anything. Um, and he says, minimize consumption of bad news, stay away from it. It's stressful. Definitely. And then last, he says, stay connected through channels like FaceTime, Zoom and Google Hangouts and things like that. You know, and I love that people are getting together on these virtual like happy hours and stuff. And, you know, it's it's sad. But, you know, my 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 two year old turns three next week and we're going to do a Google Hangout to blow out the candles and stuff. But, you know, it is what it is right now. So, Dr. Will. Thank you for checking in on us. We always appreciate all of the tips and stuff that you send our way. For sure. And one of the things that, that Dr. Will had said was that if there are any uh, questions specific from the Golf Vistie community, just, you know, we can send them his way and he'll do his best to answer. Obviously, he's got his hands very full right now. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So, and, and, and he had even talked about his struggle of trying to work all day in doctor's offices, hospitals, and then come home and not expose his family. So he's trying to keep his distance. So it's, it's a struggle right now, but yet even through all that, and this is why I I've just always respected the guy for, for what he does. He says he'll still take questions. He's not in the Facebook group because, uh, you know, he's not on Facebook, but he did. He, we do have his email. And if anybody has specific questions, he he welcomed them and he said we can share them via us and send them his way. Um, right. But yeah, again, uh, just a just another great part of the community. So we appreciate that, uh, Will. Um, 
All right. So Mike, let's do a, let's do a quick word from our sponsor. I want to thank Titleist um, before we dive into the uh, Twitter tap in here. The uh, Pro V1 and the Pro V1X, they've been redesigned for more speed, more precision, and more consistency than ever before. I'm holding mine right here. And Mike, how cool is that? We got the G logo on yes, ours for, for 2020. Um, the, if you compare the two, the Pro V1, which is what I'm gaming, has a, a slightly softer feel and a little bit of a lower flight than the Pro V1X. The Pro V1X is a little bit of a higher flight, a little bit of a more spin and a little bit of a firmer feel, but both models, important to note this, both models have that proven drop and stop green side control. They've got that lasting durability and that quality. We learned so much about the quality when we did the ball plant tour. That's a video that if you haven't checked it out, make sure you check it out. It's on golf. It's on our YouTube channel, but also what's that Mike? One of my favorites. One of my favorites as well. And and one thing I would encourage everybody to do, and now we're, like I said, we're home, we're looking for some some things to watch and whatever. If you haven't seen our ball fitting, go and check it out because there uh, there's no way I can explain here in, in 30 or 60 seconds what you can learn from watching that. I could not believe what goes into it, the ball fitting and realizing how different balls perform well for different players. Um, when we say things like, uh, lower flight or, or less spin or whatever, that doesn't necessarily make one better than the other. As golfers, we each Im, you know impart a different impact on the ball, which creates different dynamics. We just want to find the ball that fits that. That's why I fit well into the Pro V1. Mike fit well into the X. So find out which one works for your game. And the, the nice part is there's going to be something in there for everyone. They're also both available in yellow. So if you like yellow, they've got that. But prove how good you can be. Tee up the Pro V1 or Pro V1 X on your next round. All right, Mike, I want to dive into our Twitter tap in, uh, as we were, you know, kind of remind everybody every week, uh, if you're not already following us on Twitter, make sure you do so it's at golficity. We are trying to put these out every Monday to start a little conversation. And then we're going to highlight some of our favorites here on the show, uh, when we record on Wednesdays. So this week we said for our Twitter tap in, we said, do you have any weird golf rituals or superstitions? And if so, what are they? And I want to start with you first, Mike. Do you have any? You know, it's weird. I tried to think about it. <clears throat> and unfortunately, I don't have any like superstitious items in the bag. I know some people were mentioning that. I mean, but as far as rituals go, I, I'd like to, if I can, if time permits, I'd like to, A, check out the course before I go. Uh, whether it's the night before, just to get an idea. Even if it's a course I've played a gazillion times, I just still like to refresh my memory. It, you know, game plan. I'm a planner. And um, second, if I do have enough time, uh, I like to get there early and warm up with music. Okay, there it you kinda, go. Kind of calms the tempo. So more for you, more of a kind of a, a ritual than a superstition. Yes, gotcha. Correct. Um, just that made me think the first one here at too much thinking one he said so i look at the course uh before every round on google earth to see the shots and such so there you go there you go Stay just similar. like you yep uh mm -hmm. me personally i used to be a lot more superstitious back in my high school golf days i was super superstitious like i would always keep you know a couple of golf balls in my bag that were like my low round balls that i just felt yep. like were lucky i would keep them in i would uh keep you know, a certain amount of tees in my pocket, I would mark the balls a certain way. Uh, tr truthfully, I don't know if it's just kind of age or, or whatever it is, but I've kind of just kind of gotten away from all that. I don't, 
think of it anymore. I'm not really superstitious right. in that way. Um, I will say sometimes just during a round, if I'm playing really well with a golf ball, I'll become attached to it. I think certain a lot of people feel that way. And then when, if you do lose it, you're like, ah, that made that, you know, 17 holes with that ball, you know? Uh-huh. Um, yep. So that, or, or if it gets a little like, you know, you, you hit a cart path and it gets nicked a little bit, but you like want, you know, you should just swap, swap it out, but you keep playing it. Cause you're like, Oh, this yeah, ball's exactly. doing so well for me. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a big one. But, um, otherwise I've gotten away from it. I do have a lot of rituals though. You and I, because we did our what's in the bag this week, um, mm-hmm. both being home, we've got some time. You guys have been asking for it. So we did a what's in the bag, ran through it. I do have certain rituals, but even more so with our camera equipment, just because I'm always paranoid of forgetting something, a battery charge, uh, a tripod, uh, a, a you know, an SD card. So I've got this yeah. very specific mental checklist I run through at the end of each round to take everything out, charge it all a certain way, download everything a certain way, and then put it all back just because that's just so I don't forget. Dude, but, but knock uh, on wood, because you're always like legit when it comes to that. Like it never fails. You've always got everything. They're always charged. Everything's I'm such in a there. stickler I, for it. I can always rely on you for it. And when when like the one random time that you you forgot something or like a cable, it just blows my mind. Yeah. It's and it drives like, me crazy. Paper, right? It drives me crazy <laughs> yeah. when I do it. But then, yeah, I mean, it's funny too, because like sometimes I know I'm driving you crazy because you'll like take something out. You'd be like, where's it? I'm like, that goes in that pocket. I'm like, yeah, 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 it goes there because then I know where it is, you know, yeah. uh-huh. or, I'll, or I'll run through it before each round. I'll tell you, okay, all the cameras are right here. Like I'm all, not only am I telling you that I'm like reminding my own mind, you know, right. Uh, all right. So let's see some of these other ones. Mario Price at Mario Price 728 says, I have uh, I have to have my clubs and golf balls clean before I go play. Then when I'm done, I have to clean them again afterwards. He says, call me OCD. Uh, but hey, I think I that's like that's a good thing. You know, yeah. we'd say, you know, clean grooves perform wet better. Uh, so I think when we're rushing, a lot of us have been guilty of like not cleaning the wedges off and going out there with a little bit of dirty wedges. So yeah, yeah. Well, me included in that. This one I really like, though. Uh, This one's funny. Uh, Steven Peters says, I have this Buffalo Bills calendar, and if the date is not right on it, I will not play good that day. But if the date is right, then I will play good. Interesting. So protect that calendar, man. If that's the key to your success, protect that calendar. How funny is that? So if if he doesn't have the right date on it, he doesn't play well. If he's got the right date on it, he plays well. That's pretty funny. I, I like that it. That was funny. Do you have any other ones that become your yeah. favorites? Alex is talking about core snacks. It's always a pack of Ritz peanut butter crackers. I always, you know, I, I think that's funny. I was going to make the joke that for me, it's always a frozen hamburger, but I only did that one that time. That was funny. <laughs> I'll never forget that day at Balion. Yeah. I wish I could remember. Was it Balion? It was 100% yes, Balion. It was that really cold round in uh, November or whatever it was. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. What else we got here? Uh, Brock Blakely. At Brock2313, he says, I have an Odyssey uh, poker chip I keep in my pocket ever since I played in high school. I don't use it as a marker because it's too thick, uh, but it has to be in my my front right pocket. And he does a face pop. How funny is that? He showed us a little picture there too. So it's it's got to be in his pocket. Uh, That's what, hey man, that's what exactly what I used to do. Um, Look at Donna's here. Lucky to have five aces. Uh, Donna Brady, uh, all with title is twos i guess the number two on the ball i only play with title as twos now well yeah you get five, five aces, aces i'd do the exact same thing Donna. exactly exactly wow not that's to mention good. five aces that's legit 
I could can't Mars wait to get one. Back. one yeah, maybe maybe this year. Um, <laughs> here at Blind Strike Golf says I can't share it. The statues of limitations haven't run out yet. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> that one. All right. Uh, um, Kevin says I had a good round with a clean shave one time, and now it's become a staple of my routine. There All right. you go. Look good, play good. I guess it's better to go that way than when you feel like it's like the playoff beard is the good luck. Yeah. And then like your wife wants to kill you because you haven't shaved all golf season. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Um, let's see. Uh, here, Darren at uh, Michigan Slice, he says, he doesn't say it's superstition, but he says his ritual seems to always be show, showing up three minutes before tea time, then rushing down to the first tee and taking three holes to settle into the round. <laughs> Sounds, seems about right. sounds like all of us, right? Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Exactly. But I enjoyed these. But you know what? I, I would yeah, say keep them coming too. You know that the tweets out there keep responding to them because even if we don't get a chance to read them here on the show, Mike and I are checking them out and we're enjoying them. This, this is the this yeah. is all that fun stuff that, that shows a little bit of the personality of the game that I always enjoy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, what do you say, Mike? Let's do some uh, some words from a couple of our sponsors, and then I want to dive into this comparing artificial turf playing, hitting off the mat versus hitting off off of uh, real grass. All right, that sounds good. Uh, so big thanks to the uh, the folks over at ShotScope. If you haven't started tracking your golf stats yet, you're going to want to start. And why not start this year, especially when you hear about the price tag of this device? But I'll get to that in a sec. So in case you're new to the show, here it is. I'm showing it on the screen. The ShotScope V2, it is the world's smartest golf watch. I just mentioned it recently in my What's in the Bag. Frank, I know you did as well. And I do uh, too. And you know what, Mike? I don't mean to interrupt you, but how great is yeah. it to be able to speak more intelligently about certain things? Like when I'm going through my What's in the Bag and be able to say my club usage versus guessing yeah. it. I just I and you see the what's in the bag, pull it right up on the screen. I can see I'm hitting one club three percent versus another one fourteen percent of the time. It just helps my decision making. Absolutely. And it helped me big time because I had one club in the bag. I was hitting zero percent and then I swapped it out for a four iron. There you go. But so there you go to that point. So like I said, the world's smartest uh, golf watch, you track all your stats, but it also gives you that laser-like GPS. I mean, we all want a GPS tracking device while we're out there. We all probably use one, whether it's on our phone or in the cart or whatever the case may be, but a lot of us use the watch. This one is laser-like. We've tested it against laser uh, rangefinders, super deadly, super accurate. Um, and like I said, going back to the data of the stats, it's all right there on this very user-friendly dashboard. A couple of clicks from you know fairways hit, greens and regulations, proximity to the hole, like you said, club usage, plus you earn medals when you hit different, um, you know, achievements and things like that. So it kind of like it, it gets you all fired up. I love using it. The watch itself, it's simple to use. You just load it up and you go play. I mean, it's that easy. You, you screw the nubs in for one time only. You leave them in your clubs. Uh, they give you extra nubs as well. So if you lose one or two, they have some in there. Uh, but if you want to learn a lot about your golf game and get a pretty deadly GPS device out of it, then go check out the V2. Visit shotscope.com slash golficity. And the price, like I was saying before, it's $119. Crazy. So, I, you know, it, it's if you're in the market for a GPS device this year, start there because you won't be disappointed. And uh, Frank, I want to thank FootJoy. I mean, obviously, we're big fans of the brand. We wear it almost everywhere we go. This spring, take your game to the max with these beautiful, if you're watching us on YouTube, new Tour X golf shoes. I love these things. I know you've got a pair similar. I, I think do. you've got the red bottoms, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, Torx delivers max stability, max control, and max comfort. I mean, we think shoes, we think comfort, but do you ever think about stability and control or performance in your golf game? We don't, but, you know, this is what these shoes offer. The outsole features nine, get this, nine launch pods to provide that max stability so you can launch it past your buddies. I mean, that's what we all want to do, right? It doesn't sacrifice on comfort. Uh, the Torx wraps your foot in this these really cozy ortholite impression fit beds. I know that's like a mouthful, but they have these foam collars around the heel. I mean, it just screams comfort just by hearing those words. I mean, they ensure max in-shoe comfort and support. Tour proven by players like Kevin Kisner, uh, Rafa Cabrera-Bello. Experience max performance for yourself and uh, the all-new Tour X from FootJoy. You can check these out at FootJoy.com. Right. And you look, we've all heard it. We know that your force is generated through the ground when you when you swing the golf club. So what connects you to the ground? Your shoes. So it it is important. It is a performance part of your your equipment. That's for sure. Um, All right. So let's let's dive into this topic talking about, you know, hitting off of mats. And like I said, it's really something that it's a staple of the golf game in a lot of areas. There's a lot of you out there who play in colder climates and uh, you're hitting off of mats for a long you know, period of the year. Uh, often, you know, six, seven months of the year is cold. You know, people who are, who are up north, uh, we know guys who are golf, golfing as high as up as Alaska. And a lot of the game is off of mats. And that could be whether you're hitting off of mats at driving ranges, you're hitting off of mats at your indoor. We're seeing really an explosion in indoor simulator golf. Uh, we're seeing more and more leagues that are happening, things like that. As they expand, you know, uh, certain ones like like whether it be Five Iron Golf, uh, Golf Zone, we're seeing more and more of these locations pop up where people are playing golf regularly indoors. So knowing how to hit off of mats or at least knowing the difference is important. Um but the good news is, is that it's not something that you need to avoid. I've had people who contact us and be like, you know, I've got this range, but all, all it has is is artificial turf. You know, should I should I even bother? And 100%. I mean, the good news is you can still make plenty of progress on your swing. You can work on your swing. You can work on different areas of your swing in your game on a mat. There's just some things to be aware of in doing so. And that's what we're going to talk a a little bit about here. Um, But we want to really first start off by highlighting the difference. Now, Mike, what would you say the percentage is for your practice facilities that you use uh, of real grass versus artificial turf? Almost a hundred percent, Matt. I mean, yeah. I just don't have anywhere near me that's grass range unless, you know, I'm lucky enough to get an invite to a country club or, or something where, where they have that facility. But, but for me, it's, it's public facilities that are pretty much all Matt. Yeah. And grass ranges, yeah, it is harder and harder to come by. So it's always nice when you, mm-hmm. you come across one. Um, but mats are something that, that just, they get used often in those f- situations. So we've got to be ready for it. But so highlighting some of the difference, the first one is something that'll very much ring true for Mike is that obviously there are no divots when you hit off of a mat. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so Mike, I probably do make divots in mats. You so. still, yeah. They have to replace <laughs> the mats after every couple sessions with you. Right. But, um, you know, I say that with kind of 
a grain of salt because what we are seeing is there's a lot of these training aids that are coming out, whether they be a mat themselves or just something that you can overlay onto the mat. I'm starting to see these like almost like divot type simulators. We've experimented with a couple. There was one where the whole mat kind of moves. So it gives when you make contact and feels more like making a divot. I've also seen right. some that are like almost like a strike plate where as you you hit, you brush the grain in a different direction and it actually gives you visual feedback of where you're making contact. So there's there's those types of things like we've talked about before with divots that they can be a visual feedback to your swing, you know, whether you're coming across the ball, whether you're hitting behind it. Um, if that's what you're looking for, there are some tools and training aids out there for sure that you can use that'll help with that. Um but generally speaking, obviously you're not making divots. The the club is not you know, working its way down and cutting into the ground and then and picking that divot up. Instead, obviously, it's going to bounce up off of the mat. Most of these mats are made of some sort of multi-layered rubber component that obviously has some spring to it, and it's going to bounce back. Um, as part of that, the second kind of caveat is that your fat shots are going to be a little bit more forgiven. So anybody, especially with like, let's say you take a wedge, a hundred yard wedge shot, anybody who's taken a hundred yard wedge shot on a, especially on a wet day, picture a wet fairway and you hit it fat, you hit behind that ball a little bit, knows the ball goes almost nowhere because the, the, right. the club immediately slows down. The club head speed slows down dramatically as it makes contact with the earth. It starts to dig in and it slows down way, 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 you know, before hitting that ball on a really bad dramatic day it'll cut right underneath it but oh, yeah. what will happen is you'll end up way short in, in the case of a mat oftentimes you're going to get a little more forgiveness so taking that same 100 yard shot you hit behind a little bit chances are although depending on how steep you come in on your angle of attack it's going to bounce but it's also going to slide a little bit because the mat is not going to allow you to dig into the earth obviously so in this case it's going to be a little bit of forgiveness a shot that you know, on a mat, you know, a hundred yard shot may make it 90% of the way hitting it a little bit fat it might be a, become a 90 yard shot versus out there on the fairway might've turned into a 60 yard shot and, and you become up way mm -hmm. short. So you're going to get a little bit more forgiveness, you know, working with that. So that's something to be aware of. Um, but longer shots are not going to be much different. If you're hitting long irons, if you're hitting, um, fairway metals, hybrids, things like that off of a mat, just the nature of that impact, you know, it's going to be more of that grazing blow. It's going to be much more what you're used to. You know, not many of us are taking, I say this kind of smiling because knowing who I'm talking to here, but not many of us take big divots with a hybrid or a four iron. Usually if there's anything is a little bit of grazing that grass after contact, you know, but I don't know. I've seen Mike take divots for driver. driver. So I, I don't know what to tell you there, but, but generally yeah, yeah. speaking, it's going to be, it's going to be something that it's going to be similar to what you'd experience on the grass. So knowing those three core key differences can kind of allow you to structure your, your practice on a mat in a smarter way. Now it, me personally, like, like I'm sure you as well, Mike, if I've got preference, I'm, I'm going to practice on grass. Because I want it to be as Absolutely. close to possible to what I experience in the real thing. But as you said, Mike, almost 100% of the facilities around you have mats. We got to know what to do and how to approach it. Or if we play simulator right. golf, it's important. Mm -hmm. um, 
So we got to practice the smart way. Mike, did I cut you off there? No, no. I mean, I just want to say you're you're absolutely right. And and like you said, unfortunately, we we have to we have to hit off mats a lot when we practice. And I always wondered if it was hurting my golf game. Like if it wasn't a true practice session yeah. after I leave, I'll scratch my head and be like, I was banging balls, you know, super close to that pin on that hundred yard wedge shot. I felt good. We always say like we're scratch golfers on the range, right? It's the big joke. Right, right. And it never transitions out there. So I always question my practice on a mat. For sure. And look, you know? we got to segment that out to two different things. Like you said, the range game versus the on-course game. You could be, I perform really well on the range, but not on the course. And we've dove into that on the podcast before. I'm sure we'll cover it again. But there are certain mental aspects and, and just perspective things that can change that. But if we really dive in and we just narrow it down to whether the mat made a difference in whether you feel like you got a good practice session or not, there's basically yeah. two factors that are going to weigh into that. The first one is going to be if you're not aware of the fact that the mat is helping you. And the second one <laughs> would be if you're not aware of the fact that the mat is hurting you from an injury standpoint. So for the way ah. we talk about whether it's helping you would be going back to those fat shots. So when we... When we take these wedge shots, especially with wedge shots, when we take these wedge shots and we hit it a little bit fat, if we're judging it by the ball flight alone on a mat, we may not be realizing our miss hits. We may not be, you know, from practice perspective standpoint, we might be getting a false sense of confidence that we're hitting it well versus if we're out there on the turf and we're hitting it fat, you're going to tell in a second because your ball flight is going to be much more affected. The mat is not going to provide you that for the mat is going to provide you that forgiveness that we just mentioned. So there's a way around this. Instead of worrying so much about your flight as, as your main determiner of whether you hit a good shot, you should really base your evaluation on how it felt. The reality is if you're tuned in, you're going to know if you hit that shot fat on a mat. You're going to feel sure. it. You're yeah. going to hear it. You got to be aware, like the senses, like what are the differences here? So if you're aware of that, you're going to not be led into this false sense of you hit it better than you did just because the ball flight still got there. You know, that that 100 yards wedge shot still got there even though I hit it fat. But if you right. are aware and you say, well, wait, let me really think about this for a second. I, I'm, I'm more concentrating on the feel. So that's the first thing. Concentrate on the feel. That being said, the, uh, the smart thing to do would be knowing that and knowing with wedges, these, these are the type of uh, clubs that are designed to, to cut a little bit more in and create divots. You could structure your practice a little bit more about around those clubs that don't necessarily see a difference from one versus the other, like the long irons and things like that. It's it's not going to be as dramatic of an effect. Now, there's still going to be that little bit of that bounce factor hitting behind, so you got to still be aware of it. But it's a gr good place to work on that long game as well. But you could still you could still work on the fundamentals. You could still work on your wedge game, but just be aware of it and aware if the mat is giving you that little bit of help. And like I said, the feedback should be how did it feel? Thinking about how did it feel versus how that ball flight you know went. But Mats, there are they have a lot of benefits. It's a it's a it's a great place to work on things like aim and alignment. There are a lot of mats that have sure. built-in alignment um, lines or whatever, or you can very easily. We always say that the cheapest and like the pound for pound, probably best 
training aid you can get is an alignment stick. They cost almost nothing and you could just, you know, you, you use them all the time. You can put them down on the mat. You can use them, work on your different alignment. There are as many alignment stick drills out there as there are golfers in the world. You know, just do a little search and you'll find millions of them. So there's a lot of ways you can use them, but there's a built-in alignment lines often help making sure the body is aligned, making sure the, your aim is aligned, the club is aligned. So there's a lot you can do there. What about instant feedback from technology? Like if you have a mobile launch monitor or you go to a five iron where you're inside and you get all the stats immediately, you know, something like that, like, you know, you hit a five iron, you know, let's say 200 yards and you know, that shot on the, on the feedback is 173. Yeah. A, like, you know, is that something that could be helpful? It could sure, with certainly be an indicator. It could, if you're not perceiving it yourself that you're hitting it a little fat, right. but you like look at you those numbers for sure. Mm-hmm. Those numbers, if anything, should tune you in to saying, you know, what's happening here? Is my strike as clean as I think it is? Got it. Got so it. I, I definitely yeah. think there's a benefit to that too. We talked about launch monitors and stuff like that and what you can learn from those in a recent episode for sure. But that could definitely be another indicator where that or something we're big proponents of, we say this all the time, video your swing. You know, prop your your cell phone up on your bag behind you or whatever, and video it. And then often these these new uh, you know iPhones and stuff like that have an ability to do slow mo, and you can kind of really right. slow your swing down and look at your contact. You could film it face on down the line, whatever, and just look at it and see: Am I making clean contact? You know, but but if you really are tuned into it and aware of it, you'll feel it. You'll know when it wasn't clean contact. You'll feel that you struck that mat like a millisecond before you hit that ball. Yeah, you know, you made me think about some. I think this this season we should do in like 120 frames per minute. We we for per second. Yeah, we should do uh me digging in super close. Up. Oh yeah. I just want to see the divot happening super slow and close. We so I can physically that. see where I'm hitting the turf before, yeah. but Well, you're you know, so the thing can... is, the what we've gone over with yours is that you are hitting the ball yeah. first then the turf. So even though we see these wild divots, you're still the strike. It's not affecting your strike of the ball other than the fact that it's a a steeper angle of attack, but you're hitting the ball clean where where we see people really struggling is if you make those big fat divots, but you're hitting, you know, on the, for a righty on the right side of the ball. And now you're, you're, you're hitting the earth first and it's just slowing that club down. The ball doesn't go half as far as you want it to go. Right, right. But I, yeah, I would love to see that. We'll, we'll get some of those shots this year when we get out there, <laughs> okay. for sure. Even if I have awesome. to lay down next to next you to You lay it. down right there. Yeah, we'll get those shots. The- so That's speaking of that other side where we're saying, is it is the practice hurting you? There is something to, to mention here and a little bit of a brief word on injuries. If you are someone who has a very uh, steep angle of attack, you're coming to that ball very steep, obviously it's almost like, want to think of it like punching a, a, a speed bag or something like that. The, the harder you impact it, it's going to bounce back, right? So whether it's a glancing blow, like you're just coming in a little bit and you're just kind of skipping off the mat versus coming in very steep and hard, you got to understand and be aware of the fact that that club is going to bounce back. The, 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 the mat's going to win in this situation. It's good. It's rubber. It's going to bounce back. And if you're someone who comes in steep like that, there is a chance that you could have a little bit of a strain in your, your lead wrist, your lead elbow, maybe even up to your shoulder as your body absorbs that bounce back. So if this is an issue you're concerned with, or if you felt like in a couple of your practice sessions out on a mat, you felt a little bit sore after that, or you felt like it was kind of beating you up a little bit, 
a smart thing might be to limit some of those clubs like wedges where you're going to be coming in and hitting a little bit steeper. Maybe in that case, definitely shift your focus to long irons, fairway metals, things like that, where you're going to be a little bit more of a glancing blow because you do have to be aware, unlike hitting out there on real turf where it's going to like absorb some of that, the ground is going to absorb mm-hmm. that as you dig in. In this case, it's not. It's going to take that same force and repel it back upwards and just kind of jam you up a little bit. So if you if you are somebody who's particularly steep angle of attack, just be aware of it. Um, especially if you're practicing constantly, often, every day. Over time, it could develop where it's it's not necessarily great for the joints. So yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but at the end of the day, look, hitting off mats—it's really not that bad. If you're aware of these couple of differences and how they work from a physical standpoint, uh, you can adapt. You can make changes. I just want to make sure that we're telling people: don't use it as a deterrent to say I'm not going to practice because I don't have a grass range near me. There's still plenty you can do. Just be aware of it. Uh, protect yourself from the injuries in these ways that like we talked about, and uh, just heighten your awareness. It's a, it's a good practice anyway for your golf game of just being more aware of your strike, what a good strike feels like so that you'll know when you hit the mat, even if the ball still flew straight and far, was your, your, your strike really that clean? And if it wasn't right, make the changes that are required. Often it's a balance issue or whatever it is, make those changes. And then, uh, you'll be able to learn from it and you'll be able to get that effective practice session you wanted to do. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense, man. So anyway, like I said, at the top of the show, I still want to get your feedback. Anybody out there, if you, um, if you've got some tips or some pointers, if something that you've, uh, you've found helps when you practice on a, on a mat or something you struggled with when you practice on a mat, whatever it is, post them in the Facebook group, post them in the comments below. Uh, a lot of ways to get in touch with us. Want to keep the conversation going so we can all kind of learn from it. But uh, in the meantime, that's everything we have for you guys this week. You can get to the show notes by going to golfisy.com slash episode 316. And as always, right now, stay safe, stay healthy. Those are the important things. We will get through this. I know it seems like an indif- indefinite amount of time right now, but again, Everybody doing the right thing. I'm sure we'll get through it. And if nothing else, we'll all come out of this with an even greater appreciation of, you know, the the, the honor it is to be able to go out and be on a golf course. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You just appreciate Absolutely. things I was gonna more. Say, the appreciation of pretty much everything. Everything. Everything that we take for granted and just everything in life. That's for sure. It's, it's uh, We've seen a lot of positive things and, you know, uh, like you said, hope to be out there soon. Hopefully you and I can get out there next week. I mean, we were toying with the idea of going to walk a couple of holes yes. and uh, try to swing, but yeah. we'll see. What it comes down to is like we're finding a responsible way to do it. Um, like I said, distancing and things like that. If we could do it, we're going to get out there, but otherwise we are committed. We're going to keep the content coming. Like I said, we want to be able to at least provide a distraction for you guys during this time and and have a little bit of fun with it and still talk golf. You know, we all want to talk golf. So we're going to do that. We did the what's in the bag. If you haven't checked those out, we had a lot of fun with that. We're going to be doing some more content from home and hopefully very soon. We'll be back in Golf Issy HQ in our normal surroundings for these podcasts, so stay tuned for that. All right, everybody, like I said, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you next week.